Hi, this is Andy Crawshaw from the Game Plan Podcast, where we'll be discussing functional fitness, health, well-being, and becoming your best version. If you're looking to perform at your best in the gym, on the competition floor, or in just everyday life, listen in with Carter Douglas, the creator of the Game Plan, and myself. Hey guys, this is Carter Douglas. We'll be discussing topics and strategies that you can put to practice right away to build long-term habits for life. G'day guys, welcome to episode 11 of the Game Plan Podcast. I'm here with Andrew, Andrew Crawshaw. How's it going guys? Awesome. We, oh, I can't believe we're finally in the second week of double digit podcast now. This is good. It's really exciting, I know. I hope you guys enjoyed our, uh, our first guest last week. Yeah, I definitely did, even though I was part of it. I listened to that one too. Now, we do have a few more guests lined up and hopefully we'll be able to get those out to you in the next few weeks here. But today we have some cool little news that we're going to share with you guys soon. First of all, we're going to talk about our goals because I know we didn't want to bore Claire with talk, us talking about our goals last week. So this week, we're actually going to start it off with it. So we're, uh, we're pretty much, um, we had our four-week goals and we have our, and you have your eight-week goal. Yeah. So uh, my goal uh, was running the four-minute uh, four pace, six, um, what was it again, 4K? 16-minute 4K. That's how, yeah. And uh, so I actually did try to attempt that on the last week, which is week four, and didn't quite make it, which is kind of sad. I mean, I was working towards trying to get a four-minute pace for it. I ended up on a four-minute 10, I believe it was, or four-eight. It was about a 409, because what what'd you get? What did you get overall? 16, 27? Something like that, yeah. So uh, it was a little off, but still, it's a huge improvement from my uh, average of uh, four-minute 33 pace. So... I did drop quite a significant amount of seconds off the run, uh, total runtime, so I'm pretty happy with that. I'm excited to see what it's going to be like in the next four weeks because after this point, I want to also try to uh, get better at more of the functional fitness side of things, get a bit more muscle, look at uh, body comp a little bit more. I, f- I think after reflecting on that goal, I really did enjoy this, the, the fact that I was you know, aiming towards one metric. That was the whole premise that I was focusing towards one single goal. Uh, and I'm actually kind of excited to see how that is going to change that running metric to 16 minutes after another four me- uh, four weeks of uh, training. So we'll see. We'll see. And you're programming it too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I am. The is all new then. So. <laughs> the PB that you did that was like a monstrous PB. I I did definitely did believe it was going to be a very aggressive goal, literally knocking off about a minute and a half to two minutes off of your 4K time trial. Well, there's but, so many variables, you know? Yeah, but you knocked off over a minute. So knocking off over a minute, being now only being like 26 six or 27 seconds shy, is damn impressive. You've done good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, you guys will remember that mine was an eight-week goal, okay? So my eight-week goal here was to hit that 500-pound deadlift, so 227 kilos or 226.8 or something like that. Now, 500-pound just sounds really, really cool. That's why we went for that one. So last week, I had a little bit of a test. The body was feeling good. I decided to go for something that was a heavy single. Now, by that, it wasn't a complete max out. I wasn't necessarily shooting for that 227 kilo, but I was going for something that is heavy and that feels good as one of my pulling sessions throughout the week. Now, my previous deadlift PB before all of this was 216 kilos, okay? At last week, as I was building up, 200 kilos went really, really well. So I decided to chuck 220 on, which technically would have been a four kilo PB and just give it a crack. And I pulled it and honestly, it felt really damn good. 
So I decided to chuck the 227 on and just see if I could even make a budge, knowing that I've still got four more weeks of this training progression to hit it. And the bar got to the kneecap. So I'm actually pretty damn excited for the next four weeks because 227 actually feels like it's in the sights. I thought I was being quite aggressive with an 11 kilo goal across eight weeks, considering deadlift is one of my weaker movements, but I've already hit four kilo PB and seven extra kilos on top of that was actually moving. It was exciting. Yeah, it's actually it's extremely uh, impressive. And But this is a question I have. like Because we've been working on so much pulling in the last four or eight weeks prior to uh, you achieving that goal this week, do you think that because the gym's going back and you're going to be training a little bit more spread out across all your different uh, modalities, do you think that that may hinder your performance uh, and your ability to achieve this goal? It would, but my training isn't necessarily changing. Sure, I've got access to more stuff and more equipment and you know now I can actually use the squat rack, squat rack and whatnot, but my training isn't changing. I'm literally doing the exact same thing as if I was training at home, but obviously now I just get to do it inside a gym. So, you know, I'm now allowed to drop bars. I get to lift on hard rubber floors rather than a soft grass floor. True. How's it feel, by the way, finally getting back on an actual uh, pull-up bar and everything? Yeah, it feels good. The pull-up bar, that's not the, my most excited part, but it's good to be able to drop weights around and not need to worry about indenting the grass or chipping away at any tiles or anything like that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Claire's pretty annoyed of uh, the dents I've made in your grass as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not need to, don't need to worry about pissing off any neighbors or anything like that. Mm, exactly. All right. So next, that's our goals. We're going to probably talk a little bit more about that next week and give you more of an in-depth uh, progression on that. But we got a few more exciting things to discuss this week, which is in relation to the um, the IF3 and Masters HQ. Do you want to just maybe elaborate more on what those two things are? And actually, those are our first topics we ever talked about. Yeah, so we're going back to our grassroots here. Our grassroots will talk a lot about the Masters HQ and IF3 or AFFF, so the Australian Functional Fitness Federation online qualifier, also known as the Super Online Qualifier. So... In our first few episodes, we actually talked about some of the workouts that were in the Super Online Qualifier. Now, obviously COVID happened. So COVID threw a massive spanner in the works here, which meant to put a bit of a halt on the Super Online Qualifier. There was a lot of a delay when it came down to the workouts. There's also been a lot of a delay when it comes down to um, some of the events like nationals in some of the countries. And now we found out that the world championships for this one, for the Masters HQ, and for the um, for everybody else, has either been postponed or cancelled. Okay, completely cancelled for this year. Now that doesn't mean that you guys can just now sit on your asses and not necessarily do anything for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. There's still things that we can actually do here, and the IFFF or the International Functional Fitness Federation has done some awesome work here, setting things up so that we can still have some fun. We can still put our hard work and our fitness to the test. Absolutely. It's actually really exciting the way they have approached this because they're taking what uh, was once going to be a very much a live event. Everyone's going to travel around and everyone had that mentality that they were going to uh, go and go around the world to Canada and Portugal. But because that's not even possible now, this alternative that we'll discuss is going to be a pretty optimal uh, alternative to how we can start competing and maybe even a look into how future competitions can be run. But it's a definitely good test for that. So Let's firstly talk about, you want to talk about the Masters or the IFFF first? I reckon to give everyone a bit of context, let's explain what the process was oh, before yeah. COVID or pre-COVID. Mm. So we started with the um, Super Online Qualifier, and that's what we used to talk about 
back in the day. That's uh, episode one and two. So that was uh, basically going on and just finished, but we still have the uh, the qualifier. People can still submit their um, scores now, can they? Yeah. So the Super Online qualifier was initially it was going to be two workouts a week yeah. across three. Sorry, two workouts a fortnight across three fortnights. So across six weeks. Okay. Yeah. So really. It was six workouts across six weeks here, okay? That was initially what it was. The masters would do these workouts. The individuals would do these workouts. The teams would do these workouts. And then the teenagers would also do these workouts. All of Everyone was doing the exact same workouts with maybe some slightly modified options dependent on what category you were in. Hmm. And from there, they would branch out? Yeah. So once the super online qualifier was done and the masters, the individuals, the teams and the teenagers all had their results and had their listings of who actually placed. Okay. So who placed where that would then lead into nationals. Now nationals was held in Melbourne. Okay. And in Melbourne, initially what it was going to be was all the individuals, all the teams, all the masters and all the teenagers would get together and they would compete. Okay, within their own categories, obviously, male individuals, females, masters, etc. Everyone would compete together. So from the super online qualifier, there was different amounts of people that went from different categories. Okay, for example, I know there was only five teams that were going to go through. I'm pretty sure there was 10 or 15 individual males, 10 or 15 individual females, similar with the masters, similar with the teenagers. But they would all go to uh, Melbourne in, here in Australia to compete against everyone in their own category, okay? Trying to place, so trying to get within the top three for my, uh, individuals, the top one for the team, so it's the top category, and then top three for teenagers, and then I think it might have been slightly more, maybe top five for the masters, to then compete in the world championships. Now, the world championships for the masters were held in Portugal, were going to be held in Portugal. Uh, don't ask me where. Now, the World Championships were for the individuals, the teams, and the teenagers were going to be held in Canada. Also, don't ask me where in Canada that they were going to be. Mm. But both of these were going to be closer to the end of this year. So that was the previous stepping stone as what that would look like to be able to represent your own country and to be able to compete against the rest of the world. So it's taking steps back now because that was all now um, tossed out the window and COVID happened basically right after the final um, Super Online Qualifier was released, uh, well, at least when the shutdown started to occur. So can you just talk about what now has changed? A lot has changed, really. Yeah, a lot has <laughs> changed. So that got released pretty much as soon as the Super Online Qualifier was, was announced. So initially what happened was there's been a massive extension for the Super Online Qualifier. The Super Online Qualifier now... I'm pretty sure it is the 30th of July when the Super Online Qualifier workouts are allowed to be done by. So people have had a massive extension there. The Super Online Qualifier is still valid. It still means things for everyone, regardless of what category you're in. It still means things for everyone. So it is still valid for you guys to do, especially once your gyms do reopen. So right now you can actually try to qualify. Yeah. The individuals and the teams are going through the same qualification process the masters are going through a completely different qualification process. So initially, I'm actually going to explain the masters qualification process. So then once we finish talking about that one, everything I talk about from there on doesn't relate to the masters anymore. And just like while I'm talking about this now, we're not talking about the individuals or the teams because they've got their own qualification process also. So this is just for the masters we're going to discuss. Yep. So this is all going to be the first 
uh, in the next um, couple of months within 2020. Yeah. So the Super Online Qualifier, you still need to complete. The Masters then get their top people. Okay, then you, you then get to figure out who is in the top um, whatever, the top however many are in your category, your age group, etc. What then happens is it becomes a live online qualifier. Okay, so the numbers as in per category haven't uh, have yet to be decided here. So try your hardest, try get in as close to the top as possible to get your spot here. But the super online qualifier turns into a live online qualifier. That now becomes an online qualifier style format like the CrossFit Open, like the super online qualifier was, but done via Zoom. Okay, Zoom or another platform like Zoom. Okay, there's a free plug for Zoom. So the live online qualifier here, there'll be a two hour time slot on a weekend. Okay, the weekend to be held will be in November slash December sometime. Also yet to be announced, but there'll be a two hour time slot. Okay, so it might be, for example, Masters males 40 to 45, 40 to 44 division might be between 9 and 11 a.m., for example. That's how it will work. Okay. Everyone in that division who is qualified for it will compete at that exact same time via their Zoom workout. There will be judges. The workouts will be done together. There will be anywhere between four to six workouts, okay, to be completed within that time. Again, once those workouts are done, their scores are obviously put into a leaderboard. They have been judged at the same time. Those scores then determine who is the top in every single category. Okay, so who is the top in the males 40, 40 to 44, females 40 to 44, so on and so forth, all the way up and down that lead, uh, leaderboard there. Okay, so do you have any questions on this one so far, Andy? You so far, I've gotten and gotten that. So after that, after they uh, complete and a top, um, how many people qualify uh, within the, uh, the live online qualifier? Uh, what's the next step after that? Yeah, so the live online qualifier is still within Australia here. Again, it's not an international event just yet. But the live online qualifier takes those top people and I'm pretty sure it's the top three, then get to go through to the Masters World Championships, which, yes, are still being held in Portugal, but the event has now been postponed to the beginning of 2021, okay? With the precaution of, Maybe international travel isn't quite allowed then, but at this stage, that is their plan before anything else gets announced. Okay, so, so, so yeah, so sorry, on the live online qualifier then gets you to qualify for the worlds in begin at the beginning of twenty twenty one. Cool. So what I was going to ask is, there's still the variable that other countries that still have their qualification process may not necessarily be able to travel to Portugal, uh, but that is all um, dependent on what the for uh, the actual uh, landscape is like you know, by that time. Yup, yup. Okay. So pretty much that's the Masters. The Masters is a much more simple platform right now. It is literally just very linear and very um, very similar to where it was beforehand, except now they're scrapping the Nationals and it's turning into a live online qualifier version of the Nationals. And the Worlds has just been postponed to the beginning of 2021. Cool. So basically, if you're still uh, interested in qualifying for that, you still can. And there's a pretty good... Uh, um, Basically, you have a chance of going to Portugal next year. So plan that ahead. And you get to do it in the comfort of your own gym. You don't even need to actually go somewhere to do the nationals. You get to literally do it in your own gym. Do we know how that two-hour window will work? Like if there's going to be judges uh, within each box or is it all going to be judged via the Zoom itself? 
I haven't seen or heard anything specific around that one yet. I would assume that there would be people watching the Zoom as judges. Obviously, you would need to actually do the workout within the camera. You know, you wouldn't be able to accidentally turn your camera off throughout that because your score would instantly be invalid. But I would assume that you would also should also have to have your own judge provided there as well. Cool. There are, again, a lot of variables that, you know, technically you don't want having the, the video filming in the wrong direction. You want to be able to capture all the movements in the same scene. Uh, but I guess all those will be released uh, in terms of a standard for how to record your workouts during that time, I guess, closer to that date. But uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Masters have a pretty great uh, timeline going on. What about for everyone else? Yeah, so the individuals and the teams here. This process here is a slightly different process, okay? We've still got the Super Online Qualified that is still completely valid for the individuals, for the teams here. Damn, it means I need to do the actual last workout. I really wasn't looking forward to that three-minute pain one. Again. So <laughs> with this one, we now have what's known as the Continental Cup, okay? So the Continental Cup is now turned into an online version of the individual worlds. We still want our world championships here, but, and we still want to be able to, we, everyone still wants to be able to actually test their fitness that they've trained for all year. But it isn't going to be quite the same level and the same stakes as in you, we're not going to Canada, we're not competing against one another, everything like that. We now do get to do it from the comfort of our own gym. So with the Continental Cup, we initially go from the Super Online Qualifier to what is now known as the Preliminary Finals, okay? So the Super Online Qualifier qualifies through three teams, five individual males, five individual females, okay, from their categories. That then gets to go into the preliminary finals, okay? The preliminary finals are just like that Zoom online live online qualifier from the Masters, okay, where there's two hours on a weekend in November slash December where this will be getting held, okay? This is obviously Australia-wide here in the preliminary finals, sorry, with the actually, I need to go back a few steps here. With the Continental Cup, Continental Cup is being held across the whole world. Obviously, it is continental. So there is the American, there is the West Europe, the East Europe, and then there is the Africa slash Asia slash Australia region. Okay, so the world has been broken down into these four continents, four regions per se. Okay, those four regions are going up against one another. Okay. On one weekend, every single region here will be going through their own preliminary final. Okay, so we'll be, the Australians will be going against Asia, going against uh, Africa there to try and find the top three males, top three females, and top one team. Okay? Right, yeah. So that two-hour window still applies uh, to this Africa slash Asia, Australia um, uh, grouping. So does that mean that, let's say, if it's 7 a.m. in Africa, I don't know how time works, but relative <laughs> to that, we would be like you know, working out at about, I don't know, let's say it's 12 p.m., but we'll still have that two-hour window, same as how the Masters operated, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Even with time zone differences, we'll still be, we'll be all working out at the same time. I'm actually really surprised you don't know like all the time zone differences across the world just off the top of your head. Not off the top of my head, no. <laughs> you know some interesting things. I'm surprised you don't know that one. Um, so anyway, yes, even due to the time differences, we will be working out at the exact same time. So the prelim final is 
us versing our own continent to find qualification spots, okay? Once we've found those qualification spots in that, that live online qualifier, now called the preliminary final, those people then get to go into the final. The final is where continent versus other continent, okay? And it's the exact same thing done with that two-hour window of everyone now works out in that two-hour window. For example, it will be two hours for just the individual males, two hours just for the individual females, two hours just for the teams. It doesn't mean that literally everyone's working out together. Everyone within their category is working out together using six workouts within those times. Okay, so six workouts within that time to be able to find who is the top, okay, who is the fittest here, who is the the best continent per se across that two-hour window. So it is exactly the same as the world's as in at the end of the day, you still get the result of who's the best team, who's the best individual male, who's the best individual female across the continents, but it is now not being done in person. It is now a complete online format. Right. And after that point, after Worlds has been decided, or sorry, the finals uh, for the um, online, after the online uh, Continental Cup and the prelims, uh, then we just assume that next year, everything resets, we go back into the regular format. Yeah, I'm pretty sure as long as, I mean, if everything goes to plan, we should be going back into the previous format of online qualifier, nationals, and then Worlds, which 2021 Worlds is within Australia. Cool. That's exciting, at least. Awesome. So, uh, so there was that one offset um, event that is after the uh, the super online qualifier that we all talk about, right? Yeah. So I like to call this one the side quest right now. So we've got the super online qualifier. Beforehand, you used to be able to qualify for nationals. Now the super online qualifier goes straight for the prelim final. Sorry, the Continental Cup to the prelim final. But... Within Australia here, we're lucky enough that we are still going to get our nationals. The only thing here is the nationals doesn't qualify you for anything in regards to worlds, okay? So the on, the nationals doesn't mean anything in regards to the Continental Cup, and it doesn't qualify you for anything in regards to worlds. But as long as all travel restrictions are lifted at the, by this point, we're still going to be holding our nationals for the individuals, teams, and the teenagers, okay? The masters won't have theirs, though. So. Yeah. So that one's going to be in Melbourne in around December? Yeah, that one's going to be yeah. in Melbourne. No, no, this one will be slightly before. So this one will technically be when it was going to be held, which I think was September. Right, right. And this one will actually be held in between the Super Online Qualifier and the prelim finals. The only thing is it doesn't actually mean anything towards the prelim finals. But it means we get to have some fun and actually compete and throw down with some other Aussies. That's, that is cool, especially because we just haven't done any of that. And we're one of the lucky countries to get to experience it still. So, awesome. Yeah, so that's where that one goes. So we've got the main stepping stones of Super Online Qualifier, Continental Cup, and then the finals. But then we've also got a, our bonus points, our little side story, side quest of the nationals that we still get to compete. So moral of that story, go do the Super Online Qualifier, get through all those workouts because it does still mean something. And it means something that could potentially be quite big. You know, you may get that spot even just for nationals, which means you get to represent your state. You get to head over to Melbourne, go for a nice weekend away and throw down with your mates. Exciting. I love it. Just looking at this entire uh, way it's laid out, the timeline, do you, can you think of any challenges that you know may uh, come up during all of this? I think when it comes down to the online stuff, whether it's for the masters or for the individual slash teams, I think the, pre, uh, the Continental Cup, 
is amazing. I think the Continental Cup and what they've done there, and even the live online qualifier for the Masters, I think that's an amazing step forward to actually still make the sport relevant for this year, rather than just completely writing it off and saying, oh, well, we'll come back next year and we'll come back better. And they're not being silly about it. They're not trying to run an event where no one can actually go to. They're not trying to run the event in Canada where no one can travel to, like what we know another sporting yes. <laughs> event is doing, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But they're still trying to make it relevant. The stakes are still high, but nowhere near as high. So people do still get to actually have fun competing. Well, I guess, it, yeah. And I guess it's a, that's what we were saying before, where it's a huge step forward in the way that competitions can be held in the future as well, just in case... Well, hopefully something like this doesn't happen again, but it makes it a lot more accessible to people that may not be able to travel at all, you know? So, yeah, good opportunities there. So, cool. So, yeah. When it comes down to the Nationals, that's one where there could potentially be some uh, something happen there dependent on interstate travel, okay? Obviously, I'm, I'm sure I'm talking to the majority of people here are from Australia, but within Australia, a lot of restrictions are starting to be lifted, I know now in WA, we're allowed to travel within our state quite freely, but interstate, still not quite yet, or it is very hard to. So if these restrictions are still quite tight when it comes down to that time, it could be quite hard to get make our way over to the nationals, or it could be actually impossible to make our way over to nationals. So that one could, could be a th- little bit of a spanner thrown in the works. But at the same time, I think with the way we're going over here in Australia, everything's lifting fairly fast. Everything's going pretty good. That's true. I guess it's good that it's a bit of a uh, quote-unquote side quest because uh, you know it is like a little bit of an extra onto this year if it is uh, possible, but uh, at the same time, it's not necessary to really do it. It's just fun, some fun. Yeah. I've also heard a little bit of a, uh, well, it's not so much a rumor, but a little bit of um, a teaser for you guys. If you do do the Nationals this year and you do do well, you have a very high chance of automatically qualifying yourselves for next nationals. Just a little nudge, nudge, wink, wink for everyone. It's not confirmed yet. Not confirmed, but go over to nationals and try your damn hardest, especially because it may mean that you can get over to next year's nationals, which may mean that you could compete in next year's worlds, which is in our home country of Australia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Are you going to try to go for um, the nationals this year? As a team, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my individual days are oh, not over, but you know, I'm giving her a break for a little bit on the individual days. Just don't quite have that fire in me, but I do love training with my team. Yeah. In terms of other competitions as well around IF3 and Masters HQ, what else is going to be possibly uh, in the works or if any are going to be lifted? So, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good one. I mean... There's so much opportunity here now because there hasn't actually been any competitions for a little while here. So I know we're still endeavoring at uh, CrossFit Chasing Better to hold the Chasing Better throwdown, but so much of it just depends on whether, you know, interstate travel is actually going to be allowed and what our grouping size is going to be around that time. So this could be, you know, if the grouping size gets up to a couple of hundred, sweet, we're going to be all good to go. But if our grouping size is only around 50 or so by that point, yeah, it's probably not going to be very likely that the event's going to be held, especially if interstate travel is going to be quite hard. So I know we're endeavoring to have ours, which yes, the Chase Meta Throwdown is a sanctioned event of the AFFF. Now, other events, the Aussie Throwdown was one. The Aussie Throwdown, I think, would be in a similar boat to where we're at, as in our aim would be to, and their aim would be to, but you just never know with what's actually going to happen. I mean, none of us could really expect that we got 
you know, got locked down and that, you know, IFFF Worlds has been cancelled. So I would like to say that Aussie Throwdown and Chasing Better Throwdown are going to be able to run. I think there'll be some other big events across Australia like uh, the Torian Pro that will be run. But I think when we're looking at let's now less of the functional fitness realm and now when we're talking about the actual CrossFit sanctioned realm, there will pretty much be no more for this year because the sanctioned events are irrelevant now because the Games is coming up soon and um, they're still running, but pretty much only people from the United States are actually allowed to go due to travel. Okay. Well, I guess that means that we can at least not make too many assumptions and just kind of wait and just see what happens, really. Just hold our breath. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And just keep training hard, you know, keep training, keep getting ready to to actually be able to compete. But in the, what I've been telling to a lot of my clients at the moment is, it's just an amazing time for us to keep accumulating, keep accumulating our volume, keep accumulating all of our gains and all of our progression across this time. We don't need to actually bring up any or bring ourselves into any peaking phase or even into any uh, intensity phase, intensification phase. We can literally just accumulate everything right now. So then as soon as we hear about a, a competition, we can then start ramping things up a little bit, getting everyone ready to compete. So it just means more progress over time, more training. Well, you mean just really, uh, when you mean accumulating, what do you mean by that? So I mean by that, actually accruing the volume and accruing the muscle contractions or the contractions in general that we need to progress. Right. And would you recommend also just like skill accumulation as well as absolute power and all that? Yeah. So even when I'm talking about contractions, yeah. Talking about also dynamic contractions, types of contractions, absolute power, speed, strength, all of that. So we can actually build everything that we need now to make ourselves better. If you're an individual who really struggles in the skill realm and doesn't have a lot of specific skills, now's a perfect time to perfect them. Because when you get on the competition floor, you can actually go out there and you will have better skills. You may have built a better aerobic system. You may now be stronger rather than constantly needing to compete or constantly needing to be in an, in an intensification phase to get ready to compete, we can build those base building blocks to make you better in the long term. Because if we think about the sport of functional fitness, there are certain movements that we have to do and there's a certain amount of repetitions you have to be able to do of each of them and a certain speed you have to be able to do them at. Okay? And if you can't either do that volume of repetitions, whether that's in one set or whether that's across a whole workout if you know you pull up really really sore from that or you physically can't do it then you're not necessarily going to be good enough to be able to do that event the other thing is if you can't actually move that repetition fast enough to then be able to compete with everybody else then once again you're not going to be good enough to be able to actually do that event now's the time to spend our time actually practicing and actually building all of those base building blocks so when you do jump on the competition floor you're all good to go you're set. All right. Is it the best time to do that right now just as we're opening back up? I mean, this is for people who have not been training this entire time. If you are a competitor and we're looking at competing at something like Worlds, I would say, I would generalize this as a more than likely you had a solid home gym set up or had access to still a gym, even if you were just training in the dark depths of your gym by yourself this whole time with the lights turned off and the music down because you didn't want anyone to be aware, uh, like Gollum or Lord of the Rings. But... Otherwise, I would say that you more than likely are. If you're new to competition, no, it is not the best time to, to come back in and to try and be intense, to try and go a million miles an hour. 
but it is a perfect time to actually ramp yourselves up to, like I was saying, go back to actually accumulating volume and actually accumulating everything to get your yourselves ready to then be able to build from there. Um, if you have been competing for a while and you still didn't have access to a gym throughout this time, still also gradually ramp yourself back up. You don't need to be winning workouts from day one. Good point, good point. Generally, let's just say like, some things up would you, some things up would you say that the mentality hasn't really changed in terms of the entire landscape of competition moving forward because it's still very relevant being able to train at that capacity yeah still very very relevant still very very relevant in what your training should look like but if you have had have taken this time off treat it just like you would a holiday you've just done a competition then you have a massive holiday now you need to actually gradually build yourself back up again to get ready for your next one don't rush into it and if you do only just get back in the gym and all of a sudden a competition is ready two weeks later, I don't recommend jumping into that. You know, even if it's an in-house comp or an in-house uh, competition or, you know, in-box thing that you've got going on there, don't jump back into it straight away. Give yourself a few weeks to actually build and actually get back into it and get moving again. I'm glad a lot of, I haven't seen many gyms that have encouraged that kind of behavior as we've opened back up here at Perf. So that's good. <laughs> I've only seen a few Murphs in within week two because obviously in the States at the moment, Memorial Day was recently and everyone loves a good old Memorial Day Murph. Have seen a few Perth gyms doing uh, Murph, which is not exactly what I would recommend a couple of weeks in. Murph is something that I generally would put people through like a six to eight week progression or system to actually get into that. Not a, oh, here you go. Here you go. Week, week number two. Let's, let's do Murph. May as well chuck a weight vest on you too. Even with the volume being so high uh, and, you know, the weight being relatively low, you still wouldn't recommend doing that even, you know, a month out of uh, isolation? Obviously, that completely depends on the person. But if someone wasn't training for eight weeks across the isolation or more, depending on where you were, no, I do not recommend doing yeah. Murph four weeks into being back. I don't recommend doing it four weeks or less. I would generally give people about a five to six week period before they should do something like Murph to gradually build up that pull-up dosage, gradually build up build up that push-up dosage, even that squat dosage. No one is used to bending their knees that many times in one session, especially in a fast succession after, you know, four weeks of training, five weeks of training, even at such a low load like an air squat. That's, that's true. Actually, I got another question. Um, how do you feel our Chasing Better members have been responding to the recent opening back up of the gym? I think from the people who I've seen from our gym at CrossFit Chasing Better, they have been doing amazing. As in, we really portrayed it well to them a week or two, about two weeks in advance of reopening to make sure that people knew what to do, knew the sort of intensity that they needed to go to in the first couple of weeks and build back up. We also laid out the training plan and the, or the pro, training program to make sure that people couldn't go and be idiots per se in week number one or two we made sure that there were restrictions around and that's not just a restriction as in telling them don't do something it is a restriction put in place in the workout to make sure that they can't move that fast or even in a strength piece that they physically can't do it correctly with a heavy load so that might mean tempo work you know deadlifts but with a five second lower on every single rep it's really damn hard to hold a five second lower with good form at a heavy load. So people were forcing themselves to stay lighter because of that. And obviously it was up to them, the coaches, to make sure that people were holding that good form. So I've actually seen, everyone who I've seen so far has been taking it really, really well. And most people actually really appreciate it because we've had a bit of an influx from new people come in as well. And that influx of people 
they're loving the gradual ramp up rather than just getting thrown in the deep end of his friend for your first day. Yeah, what's generally the demographic of the new people coming into the gym? Are they pretty much fresh from working out uh, or any sort of fitness uh, previously or have they come from other boxes or what's their general background? So a lot of people have started their training journey literally midway through isolation. So a lot of people I've seen or been talking to have now they've been told that they're not allowed to work out at the gym or they're not allowed to train. They've all of a sudden started doing stuff from home. And then now that gyms are reopened, they thought, oh, sweet. I might, you know, give this CrossFit stuff a try or I might give something a try to then be able to, you know, get back into health and fitness in a different sort of scenario rather than their own living room. The other end of the spectrum there is I have seen a lot of people come in because their normal Globo gym has not been open just yet. So those people have come in and they just need to do something. Those people just pretty much need to get their gym fixed, pretty much like their hit of their favorite drug or something like that. They just need to do something. So a lot of people have been rushing to come back in and trying all their group classes, you know, or sorry, all of our group classes or all of other gym group classes. Some of those people might come in and might love CrossFit. They might absolutely hate it and might not come back. But the big thing is we can't actually help everyone. Okay, we'll try help everyone, but we may not be the best fit for them. But a lot of people are still willing to give us a try because their normal gym isn't open just yet. Well, we're going to find out pretty soon. I, I think next week, uh, Saturday for us is when we're going to see gyms open up. Or I guess by the time you listen to this now, uh, everything's opened up and we'll get to find out. Yeah, so we'll be able to talk a little bit more about that one on next episode as well, episode 12. Cool, cool. All right, awesome. Well, I guess we'll just leave, uh, leave it there. I mean, that's a lot of information to take in, but we'll keep this episode short. That was basically a breakdown of the IF3 and Masters HQ uh, timeline for the next, well, hopefully for the next uh, of the rest of 2020 and a bit of 2021. So we'll see what happens in the coming months and the announcements that are going to be released around the world. But uh, from us, I think that's uh, everything we want to talk about today. Anything from you, Carter? No, nothing at all here. Thanks. Thanks heaps for listening, guys. So hopefully you did get a little bit of education around what's happening for the rest of the year here within the competition sphere. Now, as we find out more information about the online qualifiers or anything like that, we're going to keep you guys in the loop here. And anything around the IFFF, we will definitely keep you guys in the loop here. So... Once again, thanks for listening, guys. Please, if you are listening to this one, you're enjoying what you're listening to, fingers crossed you are, take a screenshot on your phone, chuck it up on Instagram stories, chuck them on Facebook stories, give us a post, give us a shout out. We'd love to actually give you guys a shout out in return, but that helps us a lot. We want to get this out to as many people as we possibly can. So you put up that post, put up, up that post on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you see fit, and we'll give that a bit of a repost as well. Cool. Well, anyway, guys, again, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode. That's episode 12 next week. See you guys. See you next week, guys.